I'd like to tell you a story, a true story, about something that happened when I was a student at York College. In 1984, a bank in downtown New York was robbed. The robbers were armed. They made off with a great deal of money. And according to eyewitnesses, one of the robbers was about six feet tall and had red hair. Now the statute of limitations has expired, I think the truth about this story can finally be told. I had become friends with David Lynn. Uh, David Lynn went on to become a vice president here at York College and then eventually became chairman of the board. He died of cancer just a couple of years ago. But at the time, he was just a, a police officer in the city of York, Nebraska. And we'd kind of become friends. I rode with him in his squad car a couple of times and did a couple of events with him. So after the robbery took place, he called me one day and said, uh, we have some suspects. We're going to do a police lineup and you match the description. Could you come down and and join us, help us out here. I thought, well, I've never done anything like that before, so sure, why not? It sounds fun. How many of you have been in a police lineup before? Okay, Sean, there's some people you want to talk to. All right. After chapel. So I went, I walked on down to the police station. A police officer met me there, and he took me to a room and he said, take a seat here, and I'll be back in a minute. And I sat down with three other guys who were about six feet tall and had reddish hair, and the police officer walked off. And it wasn't until that moment that I realized, one of these three other guys is actually an armed robber. So without trying to be too obvious about it, I'm trying to you know, look around, trying to figure out who did it. Right? At the same time, a couple of them are looking at me going, hmm, is he the guilty one? Well, after a few minutes, the police officer came back in and said, okay, follow me. So he, he took us up, he took us into uh, the room. You've probably seen rooms like this on TV. Just an empty room, there's a bench against the back wall, there's a height chart against the back wall, and nothing else in there except a two-way mirror. So we look ahead, all we see is our reflection. But on the other side of that mirror, that's where the eyewitnesses are. They're trying to ID us. So we all go in there, and we're sitting on the bench. And then they have this routine where we stand, and we turn so they can try to ID us. And they need to understand, I was a Bible major, but I was also, I was in drama. I was a lot of the music, uh, musicals and plays. And so I was trying to think of this as an actor would. I'm thinking, what's my motivation here? And I realized, you know, if, I was a, if I was a robber and I was in this situation, this would not be my best day. I would not be happy to be here. In fact, this would be one of the worst days of my life. And so I decided to play this out by looking at the mirror, looking straight at the person behind the mirror. Now, I couldn't see them, but I knew the eyewitness was sitting right there. And so I looked at the mirror in the dead center and just scowled at him like, you better not pick me. Okay. So then they had us you know, turn to the right, turn to the front, I scowled at the mirror. Turned to the left, turned to the front, I scowled at the mirror. And then they gave us some lines on a piece of paper, the, the things that robbers had said when they robbed the bank. Something like, this is a robbery, everyone lay on the ground and you won't get hurt. I mean, real original stuff, right? I mean, obviously they hadn't even been to college because they didn't know the difference between lay on the ground and lie on the ground. So, you know, I'm thinking, all right. So I also, again, I'm, I'm realizing... Think about motivation. And if I'm the, a, a less experienced actor would have read the lines with enthusiasm, like would have been spoken at the robbery. But I realized if I was the thief, I wouldn't want to be chosen. I, would, I wouldn't even be very cooperative about this whole thing. I'd be miserable about, about this experience. And so I just mumbled through the lines like I could barely read them. And there's a robbery. Uh, everybody lay on the ground. You won't get hurt. And this went on several other times. They bring in a new witness, turn, stare at the mirror. Turn, stare at the mirror. Read your lines, stare at the mirror. So after this happened several different times, 
He said, okay, it's, it's over. You can leave the room now. Please escort us out. A moment later, David Lynn came in and said, hey, Terry, I'll give you a ride back up to campus. I didn't have a car, so I thought, that's great. So I, I got in his squad car, and we're bumping over the cobblestone streets of York, Nebraska. And he said, so uh, <clears throat> one of the ladies picked you out of the lineup. Like, what? You, you've got to be kidding me. He said, in fact, no. She said, I, I quote, I'm 100% sure this is the guy. And I started to panic, and I'm thinking, do I need an alibi? Do I need eyewitnesses? Do I need a note from my mother? What do I have to do? And he said, that's okay, Terry. He kind of laughed. That's okay, Terry. We know you didn't do it. After a really long pause, he said, right? <laughs> so I couldn't quit thinking about this. All day long, I just kept dwelling on this experience. I mean, what would have happened if they had chosen me out of this lineup? Or I would have gone to prison, a lengthy trial, I'd have dropped out of school, maybe even end up in, in prison for long term. I mean, it would have absolutely ruined my life. The shame it would bring upon me and my family would be unspeakable. My whole life would be over at that point. What, what would have happened? And to make matters worse, if I was convicted as guilty, the guilty person would have gone free. So here I would be spending decades in prison, wasting my life away while the, the real bank robbers are going free. That's just awful. And then it was late that night when I realized, that's exactly what Jesus did for me. I, I was guilty. I was standing before God, guilty. God knew every dark thought I'd ever had, every harmful word I'd ever spoken, every sinful deed I'd ever done, and there was no doubt about my guilt. And there was no doubt about my punishment as well. And most of us tend to think that if I do more good things than bad things, then I get to heaven, right? That's, that's how it works. It's not like that. You can't say to a police officer or a judge, you can't say, now, Your Honor, 364 days last year, I was a model citizen. I paid my taxes and mowed my lawn. So one day I robbed a bank. Big deal. You're not going to hold me accountable for that, are you? Of course he is. And so when I stand before God, it's every dark thought I've ever had, every, every word I'd spoken that was hurtful to another person, I'm now accountable for. But then Jesus took my punishment upon himself. The scripture we had today, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It wasn't a matter of mistaken identity. This was a choice that Jesus made to step in and take my punishment upon himself. Take my guilt, my shame, and he took it all and gave me his righteousness the blessings that he earned. And so as I'm thinking about that later that night, and three questions came to my mind. First of all, what kind of fool would I have to be to, to refuse this deal? I get the blessings that Jesus deserves, glories beyond my imagination, and he takes my sin and my, my guilt and my shame upon himself. I mean, what kind of fool would turn down an offer like that? Secondly, how could you not love somebody like that? Somebody who left the glories of heaven and took my punishment so that I could experience the glories of heaven. How could you not love somebody willing to do that for you? And then third, how do I live now? What difference does it make? I was guilty, I was condemned, I was deserving punishment, and Jesus came in and took all that upon himself willingly, 
It's like I've got a new lease on life. I've got a new opportunity here. It'd be a shame to waste that, wouldn't it? And so I should, I should make the most out of each day that I've been given, make the most out of every opportunity, live each day with gratitude and thankfulness for the life that God has given me. Seems I should make the most out of the life God's given me. Seems to me that you should too. So go make the most of the day God has given you. Thank you.